And here we are. We are with Congressman Garrett Graves. Appreciate you taking the time today, sir. Yeah, uh, thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us uh, here uh, amidst uh, a lot of things going on in the country, uh, public health emergency, uh, protests, riots. It's, it's a tough time out there. But you have brought some good news to the area over the last uh, few days. We're going to talk about two of those things today. First, we're going to talk about schools. Uh, one of the things that was announced last week is that uh, sort of the initial payment, an initial $40.6 million uh, for what will end up being two campuses, Denham Springs Elementary as well as the Southside uh, Mega Campus was announced. Now, part of this, uh, you had some legislation go through uh, that really helped the schools to the tune of uh, between $17 million and $20 million, and it was all about deductibles, uh, especially yeah. with regard to FEMA and flood insurance. So. Uh, I'm going to let you take it away because you're the expert. You went through it. Uh, tell, yeah. tell us about what you did on your end. Yeah, Mikir, no, um, thanks. It, this is one of those great success stories when uh, Congress is crazy, partisan, and dysfunctional as it is, uh, that we're actually able to get feedback from some of our school um, districts and identify a real problem that was. we were basically in a, in a situation where our schools were going to have to send off tens of millions of dollars to FEMA in order to rebuild the schools. I mean, it was going to, it was going to be money taken directly away from educating our children. And so we started working with the school districts. And ultimately, what had happened is that FEMA came up with this tortured interpretation where they said that the schools had to pay $500,000, a $500,000 deductible for every single building structure, what have you. It could be a concession stand, a gymnasium, a cafeteria, a classroom building, whatever it was, but $500,000 for each individual building or structure. It could be a storage room. And so that number became very high very quickly. And in regard to um, the Southside and Denham Springs campuses, uh, the, the, the mega campus and the other, um, we were looking at probably a 17 to $18 million deductible just for those two. And so we instead changed the law. And I'll tell you, we had to battle a bunch of people, but we changed the law. And we said that it was going to be $500,000 per campus, period. And so what that ended up doing is it saved us about $17 million, that instead of cutting a $17 million check to FEMA, probably preventing us from being able to afford to rebuild the schools or having to cut precious resources from educating our kids. And um, so it saved that money. So now we have a $40 million payment coming from FEMA to allow us to rebuild the schools that we deserve, not the schools uh, that we had. And it's being done under this innovative process where you can kind of lump it all together. And uh, so it's a, it's a really a much better, more efficient resolution and uh, like I said, saving about $17 million just for those two projects. Well, and the interesting thing about that $17 million figure is it almost covers the Denham Springs Elementary campus. So that's almost one school yeah. uh, covered by, by this savings. So I know that uh, those who went to Denham Elementary, those who will have kids who go to Denham Elementary appreciate yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Well, and one other thing you have, you have to keep in mind, a lot of the revenue for schools comes from from property taxes and things along those lines. And as we know, property taxes and income tax, excuse me, uh, uh, sales taxes, all of those took a hit after the flood. And so 
you really were just having a, 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 an awful situation that was going to have an adverse impact ultimately on our kids. And that's why we fought so hard to make sure this got fixed. Right. So let's talk a little bit uh, because you've become, I guess you could say, kind of the FEMA expert in the building. Uh, you know, it's, it's called, <laughs> if, that's a, if that is a, a bonus title, I suppose. I'm not sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a CAP grant, which is the idea of bringing all these things together. Uh, you know, I'm sure that you were involved in explaining this a little bit to the school district as they were trying to decide. Uh, one of the things that was explained to me uh, is they had to decide, well, are we going to go back with the old campuses under yeah. the old way? Or are we going to go with this CAP grant? Uh, so, of course, there were a little problems with going back to the old way. And, of course, those campuses were old. So there were some issues there. But tell us a little bit yeah. about the CAP grant. Yeah, and sure. And, and we... And we actually did some legislation on this as well, trying to trying to enhance this. So the the the, the deal is is that let's just make up numbers. Let's say that we we built those schools in 1970. Well, so you think, okay, we built them in 1970. Now it's 2020. Do we really want to come back and spend all that money putting things back together for a 1970s design? Maybe we found that there are better ways of teaching, there's better classroom configurations, there are better school layouts, we want to do different things with the gymnasium or the sports, the football team, or what have you. But, but under the old FEMA rules, you basically had to put things back just the way they were. What this allows us to do under this, this flexible program is you effectively can take one project or you can take a number of projects, you can lump them together, and instead of putting things back the exact way they were, you find an alternative way of achieving the same objective as before. What I mean by that is that, okay, I need to have the capacity to teach 500 elementary school uh, children. Okay, so we're not going to do it the way that it was. We're going we're gonna to do it in a new configuration that's more efficient, that's safer, uh, taking into consideration perhaps some of the security, um, uh, the new security uh, technologies and ideas and layouts that have resulted from some of the awful experiences around the country. Uh, so maybe it's energy efficiency, all those things. And so it basically allows you to find alternative ways to achieve the same objective and allows you to lump funding and lump projects together. And so that was applied for these two projects or three, depending on how you look at it. Sure. And, um, and it's gonna result in, in, at the end of the day, a much greater product, greater facilities than we had individually before. Right, and uh, just real quick, uh, as the numbers were given to me, before Denham Springs Elementary was roughly 56,000 square feet, just a few square feet short. Mm -hmm. It will be 80,500 after yeah. the Yeah, yeah, that's like your house. So, yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, no, so, so, I mean, but, but that's right. So it's, it, it results in, in, in your ability to, to really stretch the dollars and be more efficient. Whereas under old FEMA rules, under old law, that would be considered a betterment or an upgrade that even if you could demonstrate a way where it was cost effective, where you would have to pay for that, where the school district, again, would have to take money from the students and, and do that. And so in this case, the flexibility allows you to achieve greater outcomes, greater goals, as long as you have a similar overall objective. And so this, everybody else would call this common sense. Uh, but but in the case of, of FEMA and the federal government, it unfortunately takes a lot of changes in rules and laws that we were able to uh, to, to get done 
And uh, so we look at the end of the day, this is a great win, a great outcome. I think it's, it's a little frustrating, I think, for all of us that it's taken this long. Here we are approaching four years after the flood, but, um, but we were able to get through some of the environmental and regulatory issues. And, and I'll say it again, at the end of the day, I think it's gonna be worth the wait because we're gonna have such a better product. Oh, yes. And uh, that is one of the things Joe Murphy said, and I want the, the audience to know that as well. Gave a shout out uh, to Mr. Graves in his office. Um, right now, uh, Southside Junior High, they are accepting bids for that project. They're hoping to accept a, a crew sometime in June. Uh, he said, and I want to I want to quote him on this, that would not be the case if not for your office's help yeah. with, with the environmental and the historical uh, issues going yeah. into that piece yeah. of property. So uh, any, anything you want to say on that process other than the fact yeah. that it, it's complicated? Yeah, it, it, it is complicated, but, but to, um, uh, you know, to, to, to Joe and Rick and, and Buddy and all the people that were involved in, um, in, in, in uh, putting this together, of course, the previous superintendent, uh, Rick Wenzel, the, the, the current one, Joe Murphy, and Buddy Mincy was involved in others, but um, they had some foresight and they came to us and said, hey, look, if we're unable to do this by this date, then it's going to cause the schedule to slide. It's going to cause construction problems, school year problems. And so they engaged us early. Uh, we got together with some of the federal uh, environmental agencies, Corps of Engineers and others, and pulled them in and kind of laid out a grand vision and said, look, here's the deal. Um, we're not asking to break any rules, laws, to, to jump in front of the line, but, but, but here's the schedule and we've got to stick with it. And, and so there was a lot of, of early engagement that I think helped out a lot. Uh, we did make it clear to the Corps of Engineers and others that this was a priority. I think they kept this on the front burner. And, um, and look, to the credit of the, the school district, some of the ways that, that they came about um, basically moving the project forward and being in the right places at the right time to, to uh, prevent any type of environmental, uh, breaking any environmental rules, it, it worked out really well. So. And it took a little time. And, and I know the, as well as you asking or, or thanking people for their patience, so did Superintendent Joe Murphy. I want to talk to you about one quick thing in, in this whole deal before we move into the co-meet. One of the interesting things the school board did was they applied for a community development block grant through HUD. And they're actually going to push the uh, Southside Junior High Mega Campus nine feet up. But that's going to allow them to get full funding for these, uh, whereas, you know, before it would have been a 10% match. Tell us, you know, a, a, it, it's kind of an interesting process. It's usually a 90-10 match. That 10% is going to be covered by the grant. Tell us a little bit uh, about this. I mean, it, it's a very yeah. interesting process. Yeah. So um, we were able to secure uh, about $1.7 billion in community development block grant funds. and. Uh, those are federal funds that have a lot of flexibility. It's what's being used to pay for the restore program. And um, under FEMA, regular FEMA law or policy, there's normally a 75% federal component for what they refer to as public assistance, which is things like roads and school buildings and other things that are, that are damaged as a result of a disaster. But, but when you cross over a certain cost threshold, that, that cost can go from 75% FEMA to 90% FEMA, okay? So we crossed over that because it was such a catastrophic flood, so it became 90% federal cost through FEMA. Um, and so what the state and the parish and others uh, decided to do was to use a portion of that 1.7 billion, again, that's funding restore, 
Um, we told the governor we were okay with them doing this, provided that it did not infringe upon the restore program and providing those funds, including the duplication of benefits funds to, uh, to flood victims. And so they set aside a portion of those funds. So that way, effectively, they're matching the federal funds from CDBG with the federal funds from FEMA. And, um, and, and, and so we're getting a new campus uh, at 100% federal cost at the end of the day. Which is, you know, great for local taxpayers. It's just, you know, there were a lot of people on the ground that were frustrated with the timeline. But as, yeah. as it stands, it is coming uh, at no cost. So it's a, it's a good sign for local taxpayers. And, and, you know, you got to clear up some legislation on the way as we head here, uh, unfortunately, in yeah. hurricane season, have a name storm there in the Gulf already. Yeah, yeah. Now, look, I, I'll tell you, I, I actually, um, I was one of about, uh, gosh, uh, maybe four uh, people from Congress that had a chance to, to join the president when, when he signed that bill into law. And uh, that, was, that was really just an awesome, awesome, awesome experience in thinking about all of the different provisions in there. I mean, everything from the I-12 wall to duplication of benefits to the school. We actually had a provision there's uh, hopefully going to sh save Sheriff Hart and Livingston Parish about a million bucks. Uh, so a lot of different wins in there. And, and I got to tell you, all I was thinking about is days like today when we can sit here and actually see the result of that legislation and the good wins for home. Well, and it's important, you know, we don't have to get into it today. Maybe this is a podcast for a future, but it's important uh, for people to understand, you know, it's like you said, there are a lot of provisions in these bills. You're, you know, you're doing business basically with a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds across the country. I just wanted to throw that out there because I think it's important for people to understand. Uh, there's a lot that goes into each.